0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and four new movies out for release this week, all from the comfort of your home, all streaming and available depending on what services you have. Unfortunately, they might not be the most exciting films to watch. So listen in for a guide on what you may want to avoid, or what you may want to embrace, or how you may want to watch these films, i.e., do you want to be doing something else and multitasking? And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? First up is The Little Things, which stars Denzel Washington, Rami. Malik and Jared Leto, and this is one of those movies that came out on HBO Max. It's technically also out in theaters, but it was part of that whole WB deal to do the sort of same day in theater and in home release as a result of this pandemic. And I have to say, I think it is probably for the best that this ended up on streaming because if I had paid money to see this, I would have been pretty upset. It's a pretty typical crime thriller. I love a good crime thriller. Like Zodiac, I think, is a great example, tonally and just sort of plot wise of something that this film is aspiring to be, but this is nowhere near that level. It's from director and writer John Lee Hancock. That's not a name that comes to mind immediately when you think of this genre. And so I was looking at his filmography and it's, a, it's an up and down. He was the director of The Rookie. He was the writer of the terrible terrible. 2004 King Arthur, he was the director and screenwriter for The Alamo, and then The Blind Side, and then the screenwriter for Snow White and the Huntsman, the director of Saving Mr. Banks, and the director of The Founder. So it's just, it's all over the place. There are a couple of films in there that I'm like, okay, those are pretty good. And then there are some that are real stinkers. So it doesn't necessarily surprise me that this film was particularly uneven. Denzel is fine in this. It's probably a a bit of a phoned-in performance, but I actually think I preferred that a little bit to some of his more recent roles where he's just sort of going over the top and just chewing the scenery. This is a more reserved Denzel and I I think this was a a better move for that. Rami Malek is also fine and then I don't know what Jared Leto is doing in this. He's doing this weird accent and it, it sort of reminded me of trying to be Buffalo Bill but not doing it well and like I like a movie that digs into the details, right? This film is called The Little Things. It's supposed to be about the details and yet there are so many details that are just glossed over in favor of I don't even know what they're in favor of it's just they're glossed over and the pacing is sort of off and then the end just goes completely off the rails and at first I was like okay I'm excited for where I think this is going and I won't spoil it but um, I was excited for where it was going and then it just utterly disappointed me at the end of it. And there was a point about midway through where I was like, okay, well, I think maybe uh, my sister who might enjoy this film because she's someone who doesn't really love movies, generally speaking. There's plenty of movies she likes, but she's not someone who, you know, watches movies at the same rate I do, but she loves true crime. And I was like, okay, well, maybe this will be interesting. And then... It just completely lost me. So unfortunately, while there are actually several films coming out this week, I don't think any of them are great. And if you're really, really bored, I guess you could watch this. Uh, Again, be grateful, I think, that if you have HBO Max that you're not having to pay for the full theater prices. But this is not something I would say, hey, yeah, you should just subscribe to HBO Max for a month because it's less than the price of a movie theater ticket, and this is worth watching. Like, it's not worth the price. But if you happen to already have it and nothing else appeals to you this week, which, by the way, I don't think it will, I guess you could check this out, but I personally am only gonna give this two out of five. I'm gonna take a quick break and be right back. And then next up is Palmer, which came out on Apple TV+, and it stars Justin Timberlake as a character named Eddie Palmer, who basically was a convicted felon, and he'd been serving time, and then he goes back to his small hometown where his grandmother lives, and sort of takes up residence again there, and tries to rebuild his life, and it's the story of him and his next-door neighbor, who is a, a little kid named Sam, played by Ryder Allen, who's you know, new to the film scene, and their sort of unlikely friendship. And I think the number one way I would describe this film is predictable. It's any of these sort of kind of feel-good, also male savior films. So I think Juno Temple stars as Sam's mom and is the next-door neighbor, and she's a drug addict, and she's not exactly in the best place to be a mom. And I think she is, she gives a much better performance than this movie deserves. Like, she is really trying, and I give her credit for that because – she was probably the most moving part of it, but I don't love these films where the idea is, oh, somebody, you know, who has also had a checkered past comes in and saves this person from, you know, becoming themselves. I think the modern twist to this film, instead of just man comes home to redeem himself and finds that redemption through, you know, mentoring a, a neighbor kid, is that the character of Sam, who is a boy, is expressing their gender identity in maybe not stereotypical masculine ways. They are uh, embracing their feminine side. They love fairies, literally, like there's a TV show about fairies. They are interested in exploring makeup and they are not fitting in well this all takes place in a very small southern town and so you know this hardened not even hardened like Justin Timberlake does not read as hardened in any way shape or form like he probably I just think of him as someone with soft hands but his character has to sort of grapple with okay not only is this child now randomly in his life but this child exists outside the norms that Justin Timberlake's character is used to and he has to grapple with that but it's done in such just a way like maybe if this film had come out I don't know 10 years ago 15 years ago it would have felt a little more progressive and a little more cutting edge but now it's just like okay we get it this film was so vanilla and bland anyway that you're like oh we have to have a twist what's something that we're comfortable with yeah make the kid comfortable in his gender identity and that makes adults uncomfortable because they grew up in a time where they weren't comfortable and it's more of a reflection of themselves like that does not a movie make I also just don't love that we have to simplify gender down to the binary, right? Like these characters aren't even... I get that the characters wouldn't be familiar with the fact that gender is a spectrum and sexuality is a spectrum and all these things, but that they don't even try and learn that is problematic to me. So. I really struggled to watch the film. I was just bored also. I was willing to give it a chance, but I was super bored during it. It's almost two hours long. It feels like they could have cut a lot. I know it's supposed to be relationship building, but it really just drags on and on. That That is probably my number one complaint about all the films I watched this week is that they feel very long. Some of them actually have longer run times, Some of them do not. This one actually does have a slightly longer runtime. Again, if you have Apple TV Plus, maybe go ahead and watch this. But much like The Little Things, this is not something I would suggest that you go out and actually subscribe to this service in order to watch. There are plenty of other things on that service that I would say are worth watching. But this is not one that particularly wowed me. So I'm going to give it 2.6 out of 5. And then next up are the two Netflix films. We have The Dig, which stars Carrie Mulligan, Ray Fines, Lily James, Johnny Flynn. It's a pretty strong cast. I was pretty impressed. And then I started watching the film and once again just got a little bit bored. So it takes place in England and it takes place on Carrie Mulligan's character's estate and Ray Finds is an excavator, not an archaeologist, which is apparently an important distinction. And they basically find this huge, well-preserved find from you know Vikings or the Dark Ages or whatever it is on her estate. And so then it becomes this little sort of battle of who does it belong to, who should be doing the excavation, who should whatever. This is not the most dramatic thing, right? These sound like very mundane and dry things. I think much like Palmer, it's a bit predictable. It's a bit long. I think I liked it more than Palmer, but that's not saying much. There are a few subplots that I suppose I enjoyed, like Lily James's subplot, which I won't spoil, is interesting enough, but because it gets sort of piecemealed out in between all of these other characters and it gets distracted from a little bit, you know, you kind of lose the momentum of caring about them. And that's a problem. It's slow. It's a slow burn. It's not particularly dramatic. It might be a decent background watch. If it's a topic that's particularly interesting to you, you might enjoy the film a lot. But it's not something that I would run out and say like, oh my god, you have to go watch this film. However, I've said it before, and I will say it again, Carey Mulligan's other film, this sort of award season, which is Promising Young Woman, that is worth watching. Like, that is something I really want people to see. But if you are waiting for that to be more affordable or come out on a streaming service, this might be an okay thing to tie you over in between. And I think the other frustrating thing is there could have been tweaks, and not major tweaks even, but just to make the characters woven more tightly together and so it makes sense how they're operating together and eventually it comes together. But I kept expecting earlier and earlier in the movie for them to actually have more important connections or form more important bonds so we could care more about them as a group because they are all sort of involved in this endeavor, but it just, I think it's a pacing problem where it just takes its sweet time and sometimes that's a good thing and in this case it was not. So I'm only gonna give it three out of five. And then my last film for this week is called Penguin Bloom. It's based on a true story and it stars Naomi Watts and Andrew Lincoln and Jackie Weaver and Rachel House. And it takes place in Australia. And basically this family, you know, Andrew Lincoln and Naomi Watts' characters are married. They go on vacation in Thailand and a freak accident happens and she breaks her and so she is paralyzed and um, she was someone who was ambulatory before but now she needs the use of a wheelchair to sort of get out and go around and and her dealing with that and It's a sensitive topic, and I think it's one that does not get portrayed very well often in film. I can imagine that there are there's a lot of trauma, obviously, that comes from being someone who is used to walking and then suddenly not having that available to you, but the whole idea of your life is over seems pretty melodramatic and kind of offensive to me. I don't think this movie crosses into that territory, but it certainly flirts with it, and I totally acknowledge that that is something that the actual person was probably dealing with at the time, but... You are a storyteller, you are telling a story, and there are people watching who might be in wheelchairs and are not necessarily, like, of that opinion that, oh, your life is over. And while I don't think this film makes it seem like that's the case, it doesn't spend as much time as I would like on showing possibly the more positive outcomes out of this or at least the non-super depressing ones. Uh, The other sort of main plot point of this is that the family adopts a magpie named Penguin, and that's sort of, you know, it's a metaphor. It's, it's going on a similar journey. It, it was injured and can't fly. She's injured and can't walk. Oh, they're healing, blah, blah, blah. I, again, predictable. It, it feels predictable is what it comes down to. I think the film is trying to be feel good at the end but I feel like the way that it is going about it is by trying to take a shortcut and prey upon, I think, a lot of people's fears of like, oh my God, my life would be over if I was in a wheelchair. Well, your life's not necessarily going to be over if you're in a wheelchair, you know? Uh, that's, That's just not how that works. So I think it felt pretty simplified because it's a very nuanced topic and it's a really hard one, as I said, to do on film and this doesn't do a great job. Like, Naomi Watts is fine in this. I think this film is scared of the complexities of the situation and therefore in trying to gloss over the situation as a whole and also not make viewers uncomfortable like there are a few moments that she's dealing with some of the adjustments that she has to make to her life from a physical standpoint and it starts to show maybe some of the nittier grittier things that she might have to deal with and then it shies away from it we can't scare people too much but we want them to feel empathetic towards her situation you know it's such a delicate topic i don't think this contributed anything to maybe a larger conversation about it and also just like from an emotional standpoint i wasn't i wasn't that invested I just I wasn't you know it's a very I think understated movie in a lot of times and that's fine but it's a bit of a downer in in places that it doesn't probably mean to be a downer the one highlight for me was when Rachel House showed up because she just brought an energy to it that I felt like was much needed but I wanted to see her in much more of the film as opposed to everyone else who's just sort of very womp womp even when they're celebrating it's very womp womp so I'm only going to give this 2.7 out of 5 that is it for this episode thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed it we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing subscribing. subscribing.